Hey team, I want you to meet Ryan Paul Gibson, founder of Content Lift. But first, here's what MJ Peters said about Ryan. Ryan Paul Gibson, he owns a company called Content Lift, and he helps companies interview their customers. So he is an expert on that marketing discovery call and has worked with lots of companies on their go-to-market strategy. Bet you he has some super um, interesting techniques that other GTM leaders should apply. Ryan, what are three ways your team converts your market into revenue? So my market, right? Like how I, I go about it. It's the solopreneurs, being a solopreneur is interesting because some of the things are the same as being like a B2B marketer, because I am a business to business, but there's also some differences. I sort of use, there's three things I just use and it's very basic, right? It's one is uh, like how I promote myself, which is LinkedIn. And that's my sole channel. And I decided early on, that's going to be it. And I, I don't deviate from that. And I have a very specific framework and strategy there. The second is networking, but it's all digital networking. So I'm in 10 different groups for B2B marketers and there the, the strategy is different there. It's some is the same. I'm still trying to give people help, but I help more at a general marketing level as somebody who's been in B2B and marketing for 20 years. So I will help and, and, and give people my thoughts and interact there. And often that will turn into people, um, wanting to talk to me more. And the third is just my website, like any other business. And that's very much designed around high intent, inform people like how I do things. Um, and without the, those are it, like it's a very simple process, right? And that's really like high funnel, mid funnel, bottom funnel, but I want to use that framework, right? I hope I answered the question. What are three hard problems that you recently overcame? Three that I recently overcame. First was figuring out how I was going to make a career for myself not as a marketer in house <laughs> which was like that was a big challenge and i think i'm on the path um the second is really you know figuring like where i fit then in the marketing landscape that was a big one because i was trying to be a, a, a what they call fractional marketer right and that's just a fancy way of saying part-time you'll see a lot of fractional cmos out there I try to be a fractional CMO and I'm not smart enough to be a fractional CMO. So I went in as like a part-time sort of senior marketer. Um, but I wasn't really satisfied doing that. There was, there was just challenges I had with that. Um, so I decided to niche down, how I was going to niche. And I need, I found out, um, I just through a chain of events, I got some research contracts to do customer research because I'd done a lot of that in my career. And I niched down to that. So I found sort of my path and it's great because I wanted something that I could make a huge, a big difference with a, a business and a marketing team, but have it be repeatable and consistent and provide more value than just me being sort of a part-time marketer for hire. The third one is just managing my time, which I think is hard for everybody. Um, I don't know if I've solved that one yet, but what I'm really just trying to do is focus on the things that. I can control and have the most impact on either for myself or my clients. Cause it's so easy to get distracted in marketing when you're a marketer, especially a marketer, marketing and marketers, which is like so meta, but yeah, being very specific about how you spend your time. Cause there's only so much time in the day and in your life. So um, those are sort of three challenges. What are three questions you love to ask and why? Oh, 
there's a lot. I ask questions for a living. So uh, that's like, how do you choose? Um, well, why is actually one of the first questions I like to ask, but why is always contextual? So if, if I, let's say I'm doing my work. I sort of like to understand what, what were you doing to solve a problem before you bought a solution? which is always a good one to understand as a marketer, because even though you're trying to sell one product, it's, it really helps understand how, what they were doing before they came and bought your solution. So that's the first one. The second one would be, you know, what was the first, after you decided on wanting to solve a problem, what did you do next? Often we'll ask as marketers, so how did you look for me? How did you find me? which is fine. You know, that's an open-ended question we'll ask. I like to know from that moment where they decided the pain was too, was insurmountable and they needed to solve it. What did they do next? The action they took. Because then what you can do is you can say, great. Oh, I went to uh, LinkedIn and uh, posted and asked people what they do here. Great. What happened next? And I just started taking through that. My favorite question to ask though, is either for marketing or sales, but a lot more for sales is like, what made you trust the person, the, the team you chose or the vendor you chose or the sales team that you're working with? Like what made you trust them? That one is such a mind blower because usually the answers you get are not the things you will expect as the, as the team that's trying to market and sell a product. It's often dramatically different than what you, what you think it's going to be. So those are my three favorite ones, I think to ask what are three mental models that you use to do your best work what do you like mental model what would like walk me through what you would one would be for you for me I, so it gets it grounds my thinking right yeah it's how i theorize about things or it's like the voice in my head so one example for myself is i always try to look for the idea of an inventory so like okay. um there's a type of thing that actually has many different variants and I want to observe them by the same criteria. Uh, so I'll look all over the place for how can I think about this from a inventory or like database mindset. Um, so that's, that would be one example or other examples that we'll hear is the scientific method as a framework for X. Okay. I'm with you now. So I think the first one, like for marketing as a whole, I, I just try to, my, my whole thing is why and how do people buy? That's all I care about really at the end of the day. Because that is, um, if I care, if I, if I understand why and how buyers buy and the process of that, I can influence how they make those decisions. And I try to ground all my discussions and all my actions and marketing around that thought process. So, it, and then also it makes me very choosy about what I do. Sorry, my daughter's saying, no, if you can hear her, but, um, my second one would be, I love jobs to be done methodology to have like a more rigorous framework. Um, many marketers or product, product owners will know that one quite a bit and founders where it's really innovation framework for understanding like why a person buys a product and what they, what's the end state they want to achieve with a product or a service. But what's great is that still works for marketing because it's still the same logical thought process that people go through. So that's two. Um, I don't know if one's a model, 
but I, when I do my work for research, I transcribe and I go over everything again. That's, I guess that's more of a technique than a model, but a reason I do that is if I, if I can read and listen in a space and I'm not distracted and I can listen to people's actual answers around questions like, why did you trust the sales team? Why did you, what were you trying to do before? I can really grab, I can see patterns and themes that emerge that will really help me improve either how I position in a market, how I try and sell a product, just how I like communicate to people within at different stages of a buying journey. So those would be three things. I hope that answers the question. I don't know. It's such a, I don't, I don't, I often, I don't think that way. It's such a smart way to think about things. And I don't know if I'm that smart. <laughs> what are three techniques that other GTM teams need to try? Well, um, I, I don't want to talk about maybe not research because I've already talked about that. So let me see if I can do something different. One technique, is, one thing I would do is, and I advise this a lot, jump on calls with other peers, sales or customer success, even product. You might not think that it's going to give you anything, but as a marketer, it will, because as a marketer, you touch so many aspects of the organization that you don't even think of. So I'd say jump on calls. Um, second would be, um, do customer success if you can, right? Talk to customers, engage with customers, interact with customers. You know, this is more probably soft SaaS, but we forget that service is at the end of that acronym. And I spent most of my career in customer facing roles and marketing for is one. So I think, you know, interacting with the customers as much as you can is good. And I don't know if this is a technique more so, but I guess so. Yeah. Active listening in your meetings, in your one-on-ones, if you're talking to people, because it's, it's actually really hard to listen. And I don't. I think people understand how hard that is. I didn't really, I was a reporter for three years. I worked as a TV and radio reporter and boy, did I ever listen, learn quickly how bad I was at listening. So an active listening allows you to really hear what people are saying rather than you waiting to respond on what you want to talk about. So those are three things that I think people may want to try. Who are three operators that should be our next guests and why? Oh yeah, I think you asked me about this one. I, I, one, I, I, one I was totally uh, came to mind is Anita Toth. She and Anita does is interesting. She's on the customer success side, and she has a great name. She calls herself the Churn Crusher. And uh, we've talked a couple of times. And what I like about it, her is she is like me hyper-focused on a part of a business that is very important for long-term success because churn is such, is, is going to be such a, a big metric for SaaS companies going forward. How do you keep customers around for longer and why, how do you succeed in that? And she's just lots of fun. So I think she's the first one. Um, another one that came to mind was Danny. I've, Danny is, uh, what's Danny's last name? I always forget. Let me see. I said, I think I might've nodded it down here. 
Uh, yes, Danny. Danny Wolf. Danny is the director of demand generation for a cybersecurity company. And I like her because she aligns, I can tell we align with sort of our philosophies on things around demand, which is you can't just ram a product into someone's face and expect them to think that they'll think that they'll buy it. Cause that's not how B2B works. People just don't wake up and want to buy a solution. There's a process they go through of decision-making. Some of it's rational, some of it's emotional to eventually land that, you know, a list of solutions when the time is right. Uh, so I think she'd be cool to talk to. I know you should talk to. Um, you know, Pep Laya. So Pep has a podcast called How to Win. And he speaks to SaaS executives and SaaS marketers about how they are actually trying to win in a market. Not things about what's your latest hack and what's your t growth thing. And he's like, tell me your strategy and how you're trying to position and win in a market. Because the reality for SaaS is that it's going to become more competitive with every month that comes. There's going to be more solutions that are copycats of each other that do the same things with feature parity and they're going to be competing on price. It's just inevitable. It's every market. How are you going to win in that environment? He has a really interesting thought process about how you do that. I think you should talk to him. Very fun episode, Ryan. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Hey, you take care and we'll talk soon. You too. Bye. Hey team, what did you think about this? I think you need to put Ryan Paul Gibson on your go-to-market radar. Go over to LinkedIn, connect with Ryan, go check out his one long case study on his website and then book a conversation with him. He's great to talk to. Oh, by the way, have we met yet? I'm Chris Morgan, host of the Market to Revenue podcast. Shoot me an email right now about what you thought about this episode. It's chris at markettorevenue.com. Talk to you in a moment.